You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. Got a great, great show lined up for you today. We are going to have on the host of BYU Sports Nation, play-by-play commentator, sideline reporter, BYU sports face and voice, Spencer Linton, will be joining us here shortly. We're going to talk about Zach Wilson, his pro day, his chances in the NFL, and all sorts of BYU sports. going to be a lot of fun. Zach Wilson's the buzz right now. Um, He had his pro day, looked really impressive. My personal opinion on pro days is they're just kind of a lot of fluff. Um, Now, obviously, Zach Wilson running to his left and throwing right and 40 yards downfield. That's very impressive. That's hard to do no matter what, whether there's defenders or not. Um, That's impressive stuff. So that is cool. But beyond that, it's like, what do you expect out of a pro day? There's no defenders. There's no pads. There's no offensive line. You're throwing, your your, air is your defense, and you're throwing to guys that you know really, really well. So I don't know what they expect to see. I mean, I feel like pro days are always this big hype. We're not hearing a word about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, He's obviously going to go number one. And, you know, Trey Lance was all the talk and all the buzz. And then it went over to Zach Wilson. And then we just had Justin Fields with his pro day. And we're getting a lot of buzz over there. And it just feels like whoever's doing their pro day, they're getting all the buzz as the second best quarterback. So we're going to dive into that with Spencer, see what he thinks. I've said before, to me, this is almost like throwing darts and just at a board and seeing where it lands. Um, It's almost uh, like like a lottery type thing. You just don't know. I mean, these guys, they spend their lives, they dedicate their entire lives to figuring out who they should select. And most of the time, they they choose poorly. Most of the quarterbacks you see, like Mitchell Trubisky, guys like that, they just don't pan out. It's very rare that you do get that Peyton Manning or that Patrick Mahomes or that Tom Brady. It, it's difficult to find those guys. Very, very difficult because they're few and far between. And so their job is to try and find them. And usually they're wrong. Um And so right now there's just all this hype and buzz about who's going to be, you know, the second best quarterback. This is a strong quarterback class. It feels like Trevor Lawrence is the runaway number one pick. And I agree with that. And then it's like looking like Zach Wilson's going to go number two, but then Justin Fields has his pro day and everyone's like, he's going to go number two. So who freaking knows? And then you have San Francisco trading up to the number three pick. Are they going to take Fields? Are they going to take Zach Wilson? Are they going to take, uh, you know, the guy out of Alabama? There's just Trey Lance. Are they going to take him? There's so many different things going on here. Um, a lot of quarterbacks. A lot of it's a strong quarterback class. So we'll see. So we're going to dive into that with Spencer. Uh, before I introduce him, though, I want to talk briefly a little bit of NBA talk. Uh, the Jazz won their seventh straight game last night. Proud of them for that. But uh, the big one that, that happened last night was we had uh, Andre Drummond's debut with the Lakers. Did not go very well. Uh, he only played a few minutes and hurt his toe. Apparently, it's a decently annoying injury. He's going to be fine, but it might take a couple weeks to fully heal up. Uh, said, he, said he lost a toenail, but I'm just like, this poor guy, there's all this hype. You know, they, they, they've they been talking about him for days now, nonstop. He goes out and gets uh, 0 for 2 on free throws, 2 of 6 from the field. So he has four points, um, had four fouls and three turnovers. Just not a good showing. And the Lakers lose, of course, to the Bucks. So not a good showing for Andre Drummond and the Lakers. The Lakers now are just barely like a half game ahead uh, for the four the four seed in the West. So we could see them slip even further. I think we likely will. 
and I just don't want them to be fifth or fourth. Uh, let's let them drop down to sixth, and then we'll see if LeBron comes back and what happens there. But another thing I want to talk about briefly in the NBA is uh, Russell Westbrook. He's a guy, I actually like him. I know a lot of people don't like Russell Westbrook. He's kind of got that attitude, but he's a guy you want on your team when it comes to that type of attitude. He can be a little bit, uh, a little bit of like a, just a little hyper, I guess, you know, he gets some bad turnovers, takes some bad shots. He's not a good outside shooter at all. And those are like really his downfalls is really just that. But as far as like his aggression and his passion, I love that. I absolutely love that part. Um, but he was criticized a little bit uh, by uh, Stephen A. Smith as not being a champion. We don't care about your monster triple-double the other night. You know, it was the first triple-double ever in NBA history to be 35-plus points and 20-plus rebounds. It is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Stephen A. Smith made the argument, though, that like, hey, we, we know you can do this. Let's see you get a championship now. And I don't, I, I don't disagree with Stephen A. Smith. I still think it's a huge accomplishment to get that monster triple-double, and it should be recognized. But I got to agree that, that Russell Westbrook needs to show us a little bit more. Like, you, just, you should be better than that. So Westbrook kind of clapped back and was like, I'm already a champion. When I made it to the NBA, I was a champion. I'm from the streets. Um, I, I was a champion once I made it to the NBA. Like, I grew <laughs> up in the streets. Um, I'm a champion. Like, nobody can. I don't have to be an NBA champion. I, I know many people that got NBA champions. That's miserable. Have they done nothing uh, for their community? Have done nothing for uh, the people in, in our world? And uh, for me, man, my legacy, like I, like I mentioned before, is not based on what I do on this court. And I agree with him on that. But it's like, dude, that's not what he was talking about. You're not an NBA champion. You might be a champion in life. You know, you've lived a fantastic life and you've been a fantastic NBA player. You're going to the Hall of Fame, but you're not an NBA champion. And that should matter. That should absolutely matter. You're getting paid 40 plus million dollars a year to win games, not to say that it doesn't matter if you win games or not. So to me, like when guys take it personal, when you take your play, the critique of your play, when you take that as like an attack on your personal character, you're just missing the point. Like if somebody were to comment and this has happened on, you know, my social media or on YouTube and say, hey, like your take on this was garbage. I wouldn't think that that means they think I'm an idiot as a human and I'm a bad person and I've lived a horrible life. I would think that means they think my opinion on something was different than theirs and that they think that, that they disagree with that. And that's okay. You know, like that, that critique is okay. That's different than like attacking my personal character, right? And so when athletes take it personally, like they just come across soft. And I think Russell Westbrook, deep down, I think he is kind of hurting. And so it's like this, sometimes you, this is what Kevin Durant's doing too, why he's so freaking defensive on everything and so soft. You're hurting inside, you get defensive, you project a little bit. So oh, I'm, I'm a champion already. It's like, ooh, you're clearly very self-conscious about that. My bad, you know? So I want Russell Westbrook to get a championship. I don't know that I see it happening. Uh, certainly not with the Wizards, you know, but maybe he could pull one out with a different team here in a year or two. Uh, he'd have to take a lot less money. He's getting to that stage of his career. But dude, you're not an NBA champion. You've underachieved in that regard. Um, you at, we were up 3-1 against the Warriors and blew that lead. You've had star teammates in Kevin Durant, James Harden, uh, Paul George, Bradley Beal, and really haven't gotten it done. You went to one finals and lost, although that was expected against the the Heatles, the Miami Heatles. Um, but then you blew the three one lead. Like they just have, they, you know, you got knocked out in the first round by Donovan Mitchell, who was, you know, young young up and coming star. 
he just he just hasn't his career in the postseason just hasn't been anything special at all. And ultimately, if you want to be remembered as a champion, you have to win a a championship. You can't just be a champion of life. You need to be an NBA champion if you want your NBA legacy to be that you are a champion. If you just want your life legacy to be that you are a good person, yeah, you've already accomplished that. I'm sure you'll continue to, and that is more important. But we're talking about your profession, the thing you get paid tens of millions of dollars to do. You should care about winning games. So Russell Westbrook, do that. Okay, we're going to dive into Pro Day. Um, Cool story out of Pro Day that I forgot to mention earlier. Again, I'm not huge on the Pro Days. I don't know if they tell us a whole lot. I think you swing and miss all the time on these. But one cool story I had to mention, and I'll talk about this with Spencer as well, is Micah Simon, who is a BYU wide receiver, went undrafted last year. Um, He actually was signed by the Panthers after running routes and catching balls for Zach Wilson at Zach Wilson's Pro Day. So how cool is that? Zach Wilson gets 31 of the 32 teams that show up for his Pro Day. All the eyes are on Zach Wilson. But the Panthers are sitting there like, this guy can run. This guy can catch. And he ends up getting picked up. Ran a good 40. Um, obviously caught a lot of balls and looked looked impressive. And ends up getting picked up by the Panthers when everyone was there really to see Zach Wilson, of course. So kind of a cool story. Love that. But without further ado, let's introduce the voice, the face, the BYU Sports Nation guru, Spencer Linton. Spencer, you are here joining us. How does it feel to be on the prestigious STB Sports Take again? <laughs> Well, I've I've reached the peak in the pinnacle <laughs> moment of my broadcasting career, Shauna. Yeah. As, as as I said last time, last time I talked to you, I was like, "What what took so long? Like, did I do something wrong? How can you wait so long to invite me back on, man? Yeah. Come on." Oh man, no, we're very happy and honored to have you. Looks like you're there on your own set. Looks like your set's a little nicer than mine. Well, I don't know. You've got those uh, luxurious waves behind you that offer just such a serene feeling. Yeah. You know? So I don't sell yourself short, man. That's that's a nice setup. Also, your hair is a lot better than mine, too. And I wish I could wear a hat every day. So you got a lot of things going for you, Sean. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh, for those that don't know, Spencer and I actually went to college together. Um, he has uh, obviously done very big and important things there at BYU. Um, so Spencer, we want to talk a lot about, uh, obviously Zach Wilson's the, the big buzz right now. I just kind of got through talking about how to me, pro days, they don't, there are a lot of hype, you know, like we know Trevor Lawrence is going number one. And then as soon as Trey Lance did his pro day, it was like, Oh, Trey Lance is the man. And then Zach Wilson does his pro day. Oh, Zach Wilson's the man. And then the other day we had Justin Fields do his and everybody's hyped about Justin Fields. So were you there? Did you, did you get to go to the pro day for Zach Wilson or what do you, you know, what was your coverage of it, I guess? So we were isolated in Studio B doing the live show. I mean, we were hosting from essentially our headquarters, but we had several live presences in the actual building. So we were seeing everything that uh, our cameras were allowed to see that the NFL network cameras would, would give to us. So we saw basically everything you could possibly see through the lens of a camera. And, and uh, again, we're hosting from here, but we were definitely dialed in to everything that Zach was doing. And in fact, we have a weekly conversation with him. We knew what was going to be involved in his script for pro day. We, um, we had the luxury of kind of being close knit with the Wilson family and with John Beck. And so we had a pretty good idea of what he was going to do even before we saw it in pro day. So it wasn't like anything was going to surprise us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so how, how does it work when you say like, a, some tent, yeah, I was gonna say, how does it work? Like, does he say in advance, like, I'm sure he's practiced in advance, like, Hey, these are the, 
This is the exact drill we're going to go through. Cause this is really like millions and millions of dollars is on the line for him. And so he yeah. probably strategically planned in advance. I'm not going to run the 40, right? He didn't run the 40. Is that right? Yeah. Didn't run the 40. He tweaked his hamstring and training in Southern California. And honestly, he probably could have, but they just didn't want to take any risks yeah. at all. They just wanted him to check the boxes, double down on the fact that you can make all of the necessary throws off platform, you know, be the man. And I think he obviously delivered. I mean, that, that yeah. epic throw he had to a Levy Hippo yeah. where he's you know, running to his left and just the quick release throwing to the opposite hash away yeah. from uh, the momentum of his body. Just it, it got 3 million views in the first 24 hours because of the NFL's tweet of it. It just was ridiculous. So I'd say that he definitely, he had definitely accomplished what, what he needed to do, even though he didn't run the 40 and compete in any of the other events. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's like, why run the, you have nothing to gain by running the 40, you know, like there's, you could potentially lose something, but you have nothing to gain. So I mean, that was, those were some Aaron Rodgers type throws. I did say that, but, you know, before introducing you, I just was like, you know, yeah, if you're, if you're running left and you can throw it 50 yards downfield to the right, that's impressive whether there's defense or not. And that ball was right on target too. So that was obviously an ex extremely impressive throw. Um, tell me more. I mean, just, yeah, anything you have from pro day, like what, what do you think Zach Wilson's chances are? What are you hearing? Is he feeling confident he's going to the jets? Does he care if he goes second or third? Like what's, what's the attitude, I guess, around all that. Yeah. And those are some loaded questions. So let, let's start, uh, just with just the first initial impression with Robert Sala, the head coach, the new New York jets head coach and his offensive coordinator that come from the San Francisco 49ers, mind you. So they're obviously high on Zach. They were high on him while they were still in San Francisco. So them being there told me a lot it's like, okay, mm -hmm. they're seriously considering taking Zach Wilson number two overall, because they sent the two most important pieces, the head coach and the offensive coordinator. And I believe the general manager was there too, if not connected to them through, through their phones. So, yeah. Uh, that that spoke volumes like, OK, the Jets are, are legitimately interested in Zach Wilson. Um, and then he shows up on the tabloids of the New York Daily News and the New York Post with Zach Wilson. He's on the cover yeah. of the prominent New York tabloid. So it's like, OK, this thing really could be happening. And yeah. both of them are both those tabloids saying, you know, Zach at number two is uh, a very likely scenario. Um, so I, I feel like. It, if they don't take Zach at number two, then they're trying to get some more trade bait, but they've got nine picks to work with yeah. to try and put in some pieces around whoever they draft at number two, which we think is going to be a quarterback. Yeah. Justin Fields was awesome in his pro day. Um, but I don't think that it was enough to supplant Zach at number two. I just think yeah. that they like the West coast style of offense mm -hmm. and as an amazing as athlete as Justin Fields is Zach Wilson fits the mold of what the jets and the 49ers want to do just a little bit yeah. better than Justin Fields does. So, and, and I, it's not like Zach I, isn't an athlete, you know, he might not be able to run a 40 as fast as Justin Fields, but no. the guy can still run. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I'm pretty sure Zach would run like a four, five, five, or like a four, five, six, 40. It's not like he's slow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's got a good explosiveness to him. He, he's not going to have like elite high end speed. In fact, Zach yeah. told me, he compared himself to a Tesla, you know, where he's like, Hey, I'm super efficient. I'm good for the environment. I've got nice explosion off the line, but my high end, my, my high end speed is not great. So yeah. I thought that was a pretty fair comparison.
That's actually, that's, that's a great comparison. Yeah. And you don't need that explosive. You don't need Lamar Jackson speed to be an NFL quarterback. You know, that's a, those are few and far between, but where would you rather see him go? Because for me, I look at the jets and they historically just suck. Um, It feels like, it feels like the type of, I think a lot of quarterbacks when put in the right situation will thrive when put in a crappy situation they'll they won't there's not very many Peyton Mannings out there that can go to any team and just make them winners um so I personally as a BYU and as a Zach Wilson fan I would rather see him now go at number three to San Francisco they just traded up to get the number three pick I would rather see him go to San Francisco I think he'd have a he'd still make a grip of money he'd be on a cooler team with a better organization a winning franchise so to me that's a better situation what are your thoughts oh hands down on paper and looking at it from the wide angle lens going to the mountaintop and just looking at everything. The 49ers are the clear better fit for Zach Wilson. Yeah. But uh, I'm not entirely going to ride out the Jets ability to try and turn things around because Robert Sala is a culture guy. You Mm -hmm. know, talk to Fred Warner of the 49ers who played for him as a defensive coordinator. Like he Fred loves Robert Saul. All of his defenders love that guy because he is a player's coach. He's going to come in. He's going to ramp things up. So I'm not going to put it past him to change the culture for the Jets. Yeah, It's just going to take a few years. And if Zach Wilson is expected, like when you draft, when you draft a quarterback number two, in large part, you're going to be expected to play now. And I I don't know if I love that for Zach Wilson either. Not because he's not going to be capable, but it just, it's, it's, it's an easier transition in the NFL if you have a, at least a little bit of time. So going to San Francisco, being behind Jimmy Garoppolo for a year, really kind of easing into things, even if it's not a year. Let's say Jimmy yeah. G gets hurt in six or seven weeks in, like at least Zach Wilson has had six or seven weeks to try and kind of see what the speed of the game is like and how the play calls are going to go and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, like, the, I like the fit in San Francisco for a lot of reasons, um, primarily because Kyle Shanahan's there. Yeah. He likes Zach. But I just want Zach to have an ability to transition in without being thrown right to the wolves from week one. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And it feels like both those teams, I mean, the the Jets still have Sam Darnold, which I don't know how high or low they are on him. They clearly aren't super high. We know that. Same thing with the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo. It feels like he's on his way out. And so, you know, he'd probably play soon, maybe not year one, but probably it might be like a two, a situation where he was behind Fitzpatrick for half the year. And then he came in. Um, I don't know. They'd be basically the quarterback, the quarterback, like uh, battles are always so it's such an interesting thing to me to watch because they're teammates. They're supposed to be supporting each other, helping each other together. But ultimately like they're like, clearly at battle you know like they're also enemies in a sense where it's like i want the starting job you want the starting job we're competing you know yeah so yeah that's a tough position for a, a rookie to be in i feel like especially against a guy like jimmy g but maybe he could be a good mentor for a season or two and then they ship him off somewhere but um you know and that's where you know and that's one thing just sticking on this topic real quick aaron Rodgers did that with brett Favre. obviously brett Favre's a hall of famer but aaron Rodgers is a guy that you know they've been comparing Zach Wilson too, especially with that throw he made that we're talking about. It's like, there's only a couple guys in the league that can make that. And Zach Wilson's about to be one of them. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, you wonder how good his career had would have been had he not been able to go and just watch one of the greatest ever do it for a season or two. Tom Brady also had a similar thing with Drew Bledsoe, you know, and he was obviously a, one of the 
last picks, but it feels like if a, if a quarterback can get a year or two to just learn and not have all the pressure of starting yeah. at like age 22 or three or four or whatever, how old is Zach, by the way? Cause I know he, um, 21, 21, young 21. kid. That's crazy. Crazy. So one thing I wanted to talk to you about too, with the pro day, uh, uh, Micah Simon got signed by the Panthers because of Zach's, well, not Zach's pro day, BYU's pro day, but it was, everyone's there to see Zach. Right. And then Michael yeah, Simon yeah. has a good showing runs a fast 40. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, that was a cool deal because Micah was a guy that finished his BYU career in 2019 and yeah. was getting set for his pro day in the spring of 2020, obviously when the COVID pandemic hits and shuts everything down. So Micah still did some workouts for some teams, but it, obviously was very very different and teams yeah. were kind of sheltering in place and not a lot of guys were going to get their shot in 2020 at least off the radar guys because the, there were just too many obstacles to overcome so Micah unfortunately got lost in that shuffle yeah and for him to to keep the dream alive work a nine to five and and just work out when he could and then knowing that pro day was coming back I'm so happy that he took advantage of the additional exposure from Zach Wilson runs yeah. his four, three, four showed his reliable hands, made some great catches in the throwing drills and showed good agility as well in the shuttle and three cone and showed nice strength as well uh, in uh, the bench press. So I'm just, I'm just so happy for Micah that he's a guy that didn't give up because he yeah. very well could have, he could have said, you know, it's just not in the cards for me. He didn't give up. And, uh, you know, signs a, a deal. It's, his life changes that quickly. And, and I yeah. talked to him yesterday and he said, now the real work begins for me. I got to go and, and uh, you know, prove that I belong. But he's the guy that excelled on special teams at BYU. Even though he was a starting receiver, he ran special teams because he was a good gunner. Obviously, he has great speed. He made nice tackles. I think he is the prototypical off-the-radar guy and ver with his versatility that could stick at the worst on a practice squad. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's such a cool story because I, I, yeah, you said it perfectly, honestly, it's such a cool story though, that the guy there's 31 teams there clearly to see Zach Wilson. And he's like, eh, I'm going to go impress him too. And I, I just think that's such a, such a great story, you know um, maybe one day they'll make a movie out of it. Um, okay. So with Zach Wilson, we've, I wanted to talk to you and I gave you a heads up about this in advance. Cause I wanted you to be able to think about it, but where does Zach stand in the all-time? I mean, BYU's had some fantastic quarterbacks. I mean, we've had Ty Detmer, Steve Young, Jim McMahon, Taysom Hill. There, I mean, John Beck, like there, there's so many. If you were to do a Mount Rushmore of BYU mm -hmm. quarterbacks, who would be on it? Would Zach Wilson make it? And if so, you know, who else would be with him? Oh, man. Well, first and foremost, like, so are you limiting me to four? Are, are we going to do the Mount yeah. Rushmore? Like yeah. I have to have four guys. <laughs> yeah, four. This is always so tough. It, it yeah. really is. Ty Detmer and Jim McMahon are going to be the first two options. You've yep. got a guy that it felt like he broke every single prominent NCAA passing record in 1980 and 1981. And then Ty Detmer came and broke most of Jim McMahon's records and yep. was rewriting the NCAA record book when he won the Heisman Trophy in 1990. So McMahon and Detmer are clearly the two guys there. Now this is where it gets kind of foggy because you think Mark Wilson – Okay, Robbie Bosco won a national championship. Then you bring in the 
winningest quarterback in BYU football history with Max Hall. John Beck was the guy that produced one of the most memorable seasons and moments with Beck to Harleen. Yep. And I know that has added significance for us because we were like living it. We were yeah. there in the moment for that one. Yep. Um, and, and Taysom Hill has kind of uh, moved into this new stratosphere as well. But I, I, I got to lean more towards just tradition. So joining McMahon and Detmer, I've, I've got to throw Bosco on Mount Rushmore because, uh, and, and Steve Young, you know, I mean, those, yep. those guys, I, I hadn't even mentioned Steve Young for crying out loud. <laughs> like it, so Steve Young, Ty Detmer, Jim McMahon, and then it's kind of like a toss up between Bosco, Beck, Hall, and now Zach Wilson. Now if we're talking just individual seasons, like one incredible season then Zach Wilson probably gets onto that one season Mount Rushmore as the fourth guy, you know, I mean, yeah. Detmer McMahon stay Steve Young was incredible in 1983 and quarterback. I think what was the most talented BYU football team in history. I know 84 won the national title. 83 was the most talented team. I'm telling yeah. you. And then I look at the Ascension of Zach Wilson. People are gonna be like, Oh, recency bias, Spencer settle down individual seasons zach wilson's my fourth guy man like that think about what he did going from entirely off the radar to the second overall pick he's going to be the highest draft pick in byu football history he's going to be drafted higher than mcmahon and young and all of the greats so that's yep. got to be worth something yep where did where did ziggy go ziggy was fourth fifth fifth so fifth, mcmahon yeah. went fifth overall to the bears ziggy went fifth overall to the bears Steve Young went uh, in the first round of the USFL draft and then later came into the NFL. The, the Bucks had his rights, but um, Zach's going to be the highest draft pick in BYU football history. And, and I awesome. don't know, like, like we're going back all the way to 81. The last time a quarterback was taken this high. Yeah. So it just does not happen often. So your overall Mount Rushmore, just to recap would be McMahon, Detmer, Steve Young, and Robbie Bosco, those four. Yeah. Is that right. Again, then, I'm, I'm leaning heavy. I'm leaning heavy on, on heavy on history there for sure. Yeah. It's hard to keep the national championship quarterback, uh, third round NFL draft pick, a guy that finished third in the Heisman voting twice, Robbie Bosco, yeah. off that list. Yeah. And then uh, for a single season, who who was it again for single season? You had Zach Wilson with who else? With Ty Demmer and Steve Young as well. Yep. Well, yeah, and, Ty Demmer and Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon. Yeah. Okay. So I've got I've got so no Wilson, Max Hall. So yeah, and he's the winningest quarterback. That, that's the big debate, right? It's like he's the winningest quarterback in BYU history. He went 11 and 2 and 10 and 3 and 11 and 2. Like, that is yeah. nuts. That, is. That, there's, yeah. there's so much winning there. And, and that was and a, there's a competitive Mountain West, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I think the thing that hurts Max in that category is he never got BYU to the big one, right? Yeah. He, he, there was no BCS game. Yeah. There was, there was no New Year's Day game. It just, he was always in the shadow of either TC or Utah. And that, you know, that's why I go with Bosco because BYU won the national championship there. Yeah. Yeah. Tough to argue with that. Um, speaking of postseason play, by the way, and the big one, we just, uh, we're going to transition to BYU basketball a little bit. We've just got a few minutes here, but, and I know you've got to go, but um, two things I want to mention. One, 
I don't know if you saw, but Jakob Pertl, who's a former Ute, he airballed two free throws yesterday. So I wanted to make sure everybody knew about that. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> two. Two in a row. That is oh, very like, hard what? to do. It is wow. very difficult to airball two free throws in a row. <laughs> so, but he did it. So congrats to him. Yeah, we so, buried the lead there. We buried the lead. <laughs> so um, BYU basketball didn't, uh, didn't have the greatest outing in the NCAA tournament, but just give me your quick thoughts on, on this year's team and maybe even a little bit on last year's team and how they didn't get to play in a tournament, which, which, which is really unfortunate. But yeah, give me your thoughts on that. It's really tough that BYU had a reality of opening up their tournament run in historic Hinkle Fieldhouse, just this amazing atmosphere and venue. It's all in Indianapolis. It was so much fun that they draw UCLA as an 11 seed and the Bruins make a run to the final four. I know. Like, I know BYU fans are like, oh, class, classic luck of the draw. You know, it's yeah. so fitting that it would happen to BYU. Um, yeah, we were all kind of like hoping that would be the matchup when we saw it was either Michigan State or UCLA. We're all like, no, oh, no, give us the team that uh, lost four games in a row. You know, UCLA yeah. lost four games in a row to, to close out the regular season. And now and now they're in the final four. So, Crazy. I mean, it, it lessens the, the sting a little bit. It does. But, man, I would have liked to see BYU play at least one, one more game, at least have two opportunities in the NCAA tournament, get to the round of 32, kind of pay off all the hard work from Mark Pope because – you know, they were pacing to be a six seed and a lot of people like them to make a, you know, a Cinderella run yeah. before p- the pandemic hit. Um, but wow, what a, what a job that, that Mark Pope and his staff have done. Now the expectation has changed for me where it's like, okay, yeah. you've been, you've been invited to the NCAA tournament two years in a row. You've been a six seed essentially in both of those tournaments. Yeah. Now I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, BYU is going to be in the tournament next year. Right. Right. And uh, maybe that's unfair to him because they, they probably got to rebuild after losing again, so much talent with harms and Averett and maybe Alex Barcelo comes back fingers yeah. crossed for that. But um, the, he's, he's literally changed the expectations in two seasons to out yeah. now where I'm like, I, I think BYU should make the tournament three out of every five years, if not four out of every five years, yeah. which they hadn't gone for six years previous to that. That's how quickly <laughs> things can change. Yeah. It's, and, and we're likely to see the champion be out of the West Coast Conference, unless you don't think Gonzaga wins. What, what, I mean, obviously have Gonzaga win. What do you think? Gonzaga is an all-time team, generational team. They have yeah. three lottery picks playing for their team right now with Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, and Drew Timmy, who has just been an absolute beast yeah. this tournament. His mustache is epic, and his game is epic. <laughs> So I mean, yeah, we got three first round guys. Like how, how are you going to argue against that team? Uh, Baylor's super talented, but I, I just don't see anybody beating Gonzaga. I'm with you, man. Like it's yeah. the Zags. And, and I don't see, I think that there's a significant step down to every other team in the NCAA. Yeah. And it would be, I'm rooting for them honestly, because it would be a shame to be undefeated. They've been so close. They've been so good. So many different times, you know, we can go back years and they've been right there. They, or they should have, you know, uh, been able to get over the hump or they losing the sweet 16 they've made a final four but they've never won a title and it feels like they're due so i'm actually rooting for them so we'll see what happens there but okay last thing i want to wrap up with this thank you by the way this has been super fun um but your oh, you most bet, man. your most memorable sports moments if you were to like Ooh. just moments where you're like you kind of mentioned the johnny harleen thing things like that where they just like stick out like boom that was like i'm never going to forget that 
they don't have to be BYU related. I know one for me would be Jimmer Fredette type stuff. Like when he yeah. drops 42 against San Diego state or when he dropped 50 in the NCAA tournament against New Mexico. I'm like, I think he shot one free throw that entire game, but anyway, <laughs> which is to score 50 points and have one free throw is out of this world. One but. free throw. I know. <laughs> that, 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 that's pretty unbelievable. Um, unforgettable moments. It's, it's hard not to start with Beck to Harleen because BYU football had lost four games in a row to Utah. They were playing for a conference championship. It was against Eric Weddle and that strong Utah defense. Again, BYU's facing 11 yards away or a fifth straight loss to the Utes. It's in Salt Lake City, Rice Cycle Stadium. So to kind of get rid of that losing streak all in one play and just suck the breath out of that rivalry <laughs> stadium and have the, you know, the few thousand BYU fans going absolutely nuts, team rushing the field, Bronco Mendenhall in his second season wins a conference championship. John Beck solidifies his legacy, sets himself up as a second round pick in the NFL draft. And Johnny Harlan and John Beck are forever in the hearts and minds of BYU fans for eternity. Like yep. that, that play is right up there with Jim McMahon's Hail Mary pass to Clay Brown. Like those are the one and two plays in BYU football history. And that's, yeah. a, that's a long legacy. So witnessing that on the sideline yeah. and, and, you know, being at an angle where I was like, where is he throwing the ball? Like, that's kind of where my perspective was. Um, I'll never, ever, ever for, forget something like that. Yeah. Uh, as, as far Harleen as, just uh, on well, his knees in the end zone, just yes, waiting for it. <laughs> waiting for the ball. Um, being at the University of Tennessee a couple of years ago, we talked about Micah Simon earlier mm -hmm. and Zach Wilson. Like BYU is down to a third and long. There's under 20 seconds to play. ESPN gave BYU a 0.01% chance of winning the game at that point. And Zach Wilson finds Micah Simon at Neyland Stadium in front of 100,000 screaming Tennessee fans. And he runs all the way down inside field goal range. They get that game to overtime. Like that yeah. was another unforgettable moment for sure. Like I'll, unbelievable just the, the chances of BYU winning that game and they pulled it off so yeah that was really cool uh off BYU sports gosh I'd probably have to say my interview with Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas at the same time in wow. 2012 I believe it was when I was working in Palm Springs like that, that was I mean pinch me that was yeah. crazy surreal <laughs> talking to those two legends together doing an interview with them at the same time that was amazing yeah, that um, uh, and interviewing Rafa Nadal at center court after uh, he won the fifth biggest tennis tournament uh, in the entire world. It was called the BNP Paribas Open. Being with him on center court, doing an interview after that was pretty wild as, as well. So well, those are probably my top moments, right? Yeah, that's amazing. And very cool that you have some that are, you're on the, you're on the sideline for one, you're interviewing guys and two of the others. You know, I'm like a kid sitting on the couch watching Michael Jordan win another championship, but you know, yeah. <laughs> well, Spencer, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you again. I'm going to, I'm going to bug you to be on the show again at some point. Maybe we'll see what happens. Let's do it. We can talk again, but thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Let's do it, brother. We need to talk about sports Valley next time and the humble <laughs> beginnings of iProbo. Okay. We need to go <laughs> down that avenue. <laughs> we do. Those are some fun times, dude. Those are some great times. fun times, but all right, man. Appreciate it. We got the Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Yeah, the